0: Good evening, listeners, and welcome along to Across the Line here on Tip FM. Myself, Paul Carlin, this Friday, the 12th of January, 2024. Now, across the next hour or so, we're going to be looking ahead to all the sporting action in Tipperary happening this weekend. We're going to be looking ahead to Tipperary versus Kerry in the Munster Hurling League. That is a game you can hear live here on Tip FM on Sunday at 2 o'clock with thanks to Aurier Dylan in Nina. We're also going to be looking ahead to Tip versus Limerick. This is in the McGrath Cup football. That's also on Sunday at 2 o'clock in Mount Temple, Tui. And we're also going to be looking ahead to the AIL, which returns this Saturday. Nina Ormond hosting Cashel at half past two on Saturday. We're going to be looking ahead to that game with Peter Silk and of course this Saturday at 1 o'clock in Littleton there is a massive game for Tipperary Camogie as Ursuline Thurless take on Presentation Thurless in the Munster Senior A Camogie final and uh, that is something we're going to be looking ahead to on the sporting edge with Keane Tracy who's a teacher in the Presentation in Thurless and also a coach on that senior team and uh, we're going to be talking about as well just the impact of sports particularly in uh, all girls uh, secondary schools and uh, the impact it has on them so we've a stacked show and of course at the end of the show we're going to be hearing from Barry Drake as he previews the weekend's Greyhound Racing so that's what we can look forward to over the next uh, 50 minutes or so so we're going to start with Sunday's game in Nina Tipperary versus Kerry in the Munster Hurling League and to talk about that game I'm delighted to say I'm joined on the line from the Tipperary star Mr Enda Tracy Enda you're welcome back to the show Thanks Paul and that we've uh, won Tipperary senior hurling game behind us already. Uh, that was, of course, the the two point defeat to Watford last weekend. And they go in here against Kerry at two o'clock in uh, in Nenagh on Sunday. And it is a dead rubber. But for the players involved, and especially for the players trying to make the panel, this is uh, this is a massive game for for the likes of those players.
1: Absolutely, yeah. They're not going to get too many opportunities, and uh, you want to be putting your best foot forward. And- the, the, the Robert Byrne red card against Waterford kind of scuppered a lot of chances like, you know there was a, a raft of changes at half time that maybe might not happen otherwise like Mikey O'Shea and Sean Hayes got to, got to receive an end of that uh, reshuffle at half time so those two in particular and maybe a few more will be looking for another 45-50 another minutes hopefully to get put their hands up and show that they can contribute to the team going forward.
0: Yeah and uh it's it's looking back like even to last year in these Munster Hurling League games like it was when kind of Sean Ryan really announced himself was against Clare oh. inside and Nina uh, last last year and there was an unbelievable crowd at that game and there was a great crowd last week down in, uh, down, down in Fraher Field so like these games can be... Uh, do you know they can be worthwhile for for players looking to break into the squad, and we saw how good Sean Ryan was last year, and um he made a couple of championship appearances uh, last year as well, and how good he was last week, I should say. But um, you know this is this is when the players need to be doing it because as as you said, you know tip her out on the third of February against Dublin in the in the national league. That's not too far away, so uh, panels will have to be cut down in the next couple of weeks. So this might be kind of the last true chance for people to to impress.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it was confirmed there, wasn't before Christmas, that the panel would be trimmed after the Monster Hurling League, just before the, the the National League. So, look, it's 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 important for players to be... I know there's been a big group of players been looked at over the last month or two, but it's kind of been whittling down as the weeks have gone by. And, you know, this match is it's probably going to be the last chance saloon for a lot of players, you know, uh, on the edge of the 30, 35 or 40 players for for National League and Championship so um, there's a lot of players with good reputations from the club championship and around the panel that haven't really been on it before and they'll, they'll need to be putting the rest foot forward because in fairness it's a fairly competitive panel there's a lot of good hurlers on it so um, there's not going to be too many places and you have to you have to be playing 100% to get in the panel
0: Yeah and in terms of like results and things like that, it, like it's not it's as we said it's a dead rubber. Watford are going to go through, uh, are already gone through to the final from this group of Tip uh, Tip Kerry and Watford. So um, results won't matter too much. But with that being said. Uh, uh, Tip playing Kerry in Nina. Uh, if Tip don't win this game, and that would be kind of a, a headline result. So it's important for Tip to to maybe just get a win here and uh, not have a situation maybe like two years ago where uh, when we were bet by Kerry, it be kind of it became bigger than what the match probably was. Like you know, so a, a win here is kind of a a, a bit important as well.
1: Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we won't we uh, won't be um, forgetting that result too handy. Um, to be honest, it was a bit of an omen for what was to come later that year. So. Um, I think uh, we're probably in a better place now than we were then, you know, that, that was kind of a, a skeleton crew of players going down to K- Kerry to play that game early in the year with a lot of injuries and whatnot, so um, there's a lot of competition, as we were saying, for players on the panel to get onto it, so there'll be nobody pulling pulling up the handbrake in this game, and in fairness to Kerry, they, they were fairly competitive against Waterford for 45-50 minutes of their first game, so... There are no pushovers by any means, but you'd be expecting Tick to win that fairly well, um, even allowing for a lot of uh, experimentation going
0: on. Yeah, and it's interesting to see what kind of team Liam Cahill will, will announce. Um, you'd imagine it will come later this evening, uh, on Friday evening. But um, if you look at like the the schedule of games, as I said, 3rd of February is the next uh, league game. So if you do want to have... like maybe close to a stronger team, strongest team starting at the start of the league, you might want game time into the likes of the more experienced players in the squads, so the Ronan Mahers, and these lads, I believe Jason Ford is going to be missing for a number of weeks, just following on from that finger surgery he had, so we mightn't see him for a number of weeks yet, but interesting to see what way this panel will line out for this game, given the fact that you know the the National League is only around the corner.
1: Yeah, and I I'd say... You could see a lot of lads that started against Waterford getting another crack at the whip. Um, as I was saying earlier, like that that Gooseburn red card in the first half kind of it kind of true true spanner and orcs for Liam Cahill and Mikey Beavins as regards looking at the players and working on the system and seeing how they go. It kind of it kind of give lads a fair chance, you know, for a fair crack at the whip. Uh, especially in the forwards like Mikey O'Shea, Sean Hayes and uh, Andrew Ormond. like like their, their players with good potential and they had good club campaigns. I'd say he might, he might have them starting again, maybe mixing like the likes of Brian O'Mara maybe to start. Um, it's, it's his first year for a long time without, uh, but giving Cup under his belt, so he'll need the game time. And uh, you know, there's there's lots of new faces on the panel. We've heard names, been banding the there over the last month. There before Christmas, um, I've glad to have been in training with him. So, you know, we could see a lot of different uh, players getting chances. So, it'll be interesting to see, and it's, that's kind of the intrigue without the. Um, without the use of a a uh, pre-Monster Hurling League panel or so to speak that we had last year and the year before so um, it'll be interesting to see but um, as I said the the year starts very fast you know in a month's time we're in the ticket league and then uh, we're looking forward to April for the for the Monster
0: Championship so it'll be helter-skelter. Yeah, and it's an exciting time of the year and it's exciting as well for just seeing those new players come into the panel like I thought Danny Slattery had a great game at cornerback last week and, and Conor Bow at wingback as well which is somewhere we haven't seen him for Tipperary. So, do you know, that kind of introduces a lot of um kind of competition in the squad because... Do you know, if those two lads are added to the to the, let's say the the rotation of six players that start in the back line in a game, you know, there's there isn't room for everyone, so it's it's only a good thing. But those two lads in particular impressed uh, me last last week. But Connor Bow at wing back is is something we hadn't seen for a Tip before.
2: No,
1: and it's it's interesting because you know you probably said that we're we're more hard up for forwards than we are for backs, but um, obviously I think Connor, in fairness to him, he's very very. He's very, very pacey, very athletic, and when he's running towards the goals, um, he's very hard to stop. He's a very direct runner. Um, very good going forward with the ball, but it'll take time for him to get into that defensive mindset as well. Obviously, you have to bear in mind that you're going to have to be going backwards and marking your man as well, especially when you're going to be all over the pitch with the way a modern wing forwards are. Um, definitely impressed with him there. Yeah. Danny Slatner is a very composed on the ball, another lad who really carries the ball very strongly. Um, looks a very confident young lad especially that was his first game in the played senior jersey and he looked like a lad that had plenty of experience under his belt um, Alan and very good again um, I, to be honest with you I think we've a few players there that could could uh, break onto a team or definitely into a 26 for championship that are going to be getting game time in the league so um, yeah there's, there's plenty of ability there from down to 20 teams in the last few years so it'll be interesting to see if anybody else gets a twist now against uh, Kerry.
0: Yeah, look, really looking forward to the game now in Nina, 2 o'clock on uh, Sunday, if you can't make it. Of course, it is live here on Tip FM, and thanks to Aurier, Owen Dillon in Nina. Um, just before I let you go, and uh, the Hearty Cup was on uh, during the week, and uh, great, a great uh, quarter-final um, week for the Tipperary schools. Thurless CBS with a win over St. Flannan's of Venice, and Nina CBS with a big win over uh, CBC of Cork. So, again, similar to last year, we've Tipperary schools going, going in the right direction, and we've do have the possibility uh, looking forward, like if the if the if Terliss and Nina were to win their semi-finals of a another All Tipperary uh, final, we won't uh, look that that far forward yet. But um, really good to see the Tip schools, um, you know, still dining at the the top end of the hearty cup.
1: Absolutely, Paul. It's a great sign. Um, School turning as a real big bear, and the way county is going on the edge. And in fairness, there's a there's a fairly real possibility that we'll have another All Tip final. Thurlis are very impressive they made very light work of a a pretty decent St. Flamman's team who I was a bit disappointed with I thought they'd be thought to be a bit stronger than they were but in fairness a lot of that has to do with all good Thurlis were and they've, they've a fantastic team there this year and obviously they have the um, the memory of losing the hard cup last year fresh in their in their minds and could be uh, could be a big motivator for them and for Nina um, so far so good you know they, they've really it to this stage you'd have to say and um playing a team in Charleville in the semi-final that they've beaten already in the group stages so you know it's just looking it's looking like a real possibility that it could be an all-tip final and over two years in a row we couldn't have really predicted that there a few years ago it's, uh, it's a great place to be in for Tip Ireland.
0: Yeah, so let's hope that uh, that can become a possibility in the next couple of weeks when those semi finals are played. Not sure there's a, a date yet. I hadn't seen one uh, of a date confirmed for those semi finals. But as Enda said there, it's going to be Nina CBS versus Charleville CBS. And it's going to be uh, Thurlis CBS against skull Reach in those semi finals. So we wish those uh, the very best of luck. Enda, thanks a million for joining us on the cross line. And we'll uh, catch up maybe next week. My and a reminder that again that that game is live here on Tip FM at 2 o'clock on Sunday with thanks to Aurier, Owen Dillon in Nina. We're going to take a first ad break here of this evening's show, but we'll be talking Gaelic football and rugby after these. And you're very welcome back to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, as we look ahead to the weekend of sport in Tipperary. Now we switch focus now from hurling to Gaelic football and the Tipperary senior footballers are out in Temple Tuhi on Sunday at two o'clock in the McGrath Cup. They are taking on Limerick and to look ahead to that game, I'm joined on the line by football analyst Anthony Shelley. Anthony, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks Paul. Anthony, this is a, a a dead rubber on paper in terms of progressing further in this competition. A tip against um, Limerick, two o'clock in Temple Tuhi on Sunday, but. It's the last chance for for a lot of players to impress Paul Kelly before the start of the league, which is only around the corner on the twenty seventh of uh, of of January in um, in Sample Stadium against Carlo. So it's going to be first interesting to see what kind of team is picked because it's probably a bit of a balance of are you still trying lads out or do you want to be kind of getting your team nailed down for for the league? Because as we know, in in football, the league is is so important. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of tip team we see here on Sunday.
3: Yeah, and at this stage, I suppose it's well, Thursday morning now when we're doing this, so we don't, we don't, we don't know, we don't know the team. But um, I would imagine that you know you will see some of the old familiar faces there as usual. But uh, he did give a, a good few players debuts uh, against Kerry, and maybe he might do the same, give a few a few more lads uh, a chance to impress in this game. So you'll probably see a mixture of experience plus. Plus, a few lads coming in maybe for their first or second game for tip. Because, you know, if he has a panel of 35 or 36, he, he needs to get a look at them all, and there's no point in leaving them sitting, gathering splinters on their backside in, in uh, on the bench in San He might as well throw them into the pitch, uh, throw them onto the field at this stage and uh, and see how to get on. It'll give him a better, give Paul Kelly and his management team uh, a better idea as to how the the newer members of the squad are. Are are stepping up, and will they be will they be able to put their hands up for a for a a, posi- a league position uh, later later in the, later in the
0: season? Yeah, and like if you look at Tip and Limerick, there's kind of similarities between the two sides. I believe Limerick have new management this year as well, and both teams are coming off disappointing campaigns last year. Limerick were relegated from Division Two without winning a game. We were relegated from Division Three without winning a game. So. Do you know, these are the kind of games that both management teams will be probably targeting when they got the McGrath Cup fixtures. You know, a first game for each against Kerry is probably going to be a defeat. And there was heavy defeats. Tip were bet 320 to 10 points by Kerry. Limerick were bet 618 to 11 points by Kerry. So both teams will be probably eager to actually get a result here just to get momentum going in the right direction as well.
3: Do well, like I mean, uh, Tip. What was it? A nineteen point defeat again against Kerry, where Limerick had a twenty-five point de- defeat against Kerry. Now it could be argued, and with some justification as well, that Kerry fielded a stronger team against Limerick than than, than they did against us. So uh, traditionally, in the McGrath Cup, I think last year these two teams met down and feathered, and um, and then it, it ended up a draw. And 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 the year before, I think down in Raheal Tip. Tip one by a point. So in the McGrath Cup at this time of the year, there's generally very little between between the teams. I would think, Paul, that like yeah, Limerick have a new manager there in um, it's Jimmy Lee, isn't it? Yeah, um, he was over yeah, in Newcastle he, West. He was over in Newcastle West, and he would have been involved before with his with his brother Billy Lee, and Billy was was manager of Limerick mm. there for four or five years. Yeah, then we a little bit of, further ahead. Like I mean. I looked at their team against Kerry, and they had five Newcastle West lads down to start, uh, originally. But uh, I think Ian Corbett cried off before the game. Uh, we know from we've we've seen Newcastle West a couple of times over the last few years, and uh, when Jimmy Lee was was over them, man we know that he likes to get his team well organised, and um. You know, play play kind of defensive sense of counter-attacking, mm-hmm. counter-attacking, football, and that'll be that'll be interesting to see if he goes with that again this year. Uh, Went now with the county team because I think Tip's problem over the last number of years has been getting scores against the blanket defence, and you you've seen against Kerry the last day we were so dependent on Sean O'Connor. I think he got eight our eleven points the last day. So uh, if we can't get the ball, it's Sean O'Connor. Uh, where the score is going to come from. So yeah, it will be fascinating to see how, how we're progressing. But at the end of the day, it's a McGrath Cup game, on the at the in the middle of January, you know, it's not going to make a break our season, but it it, it will um, it will give us some indication as to if we are progressing or not.
0: Yeah, so let's uh, hope for a positive performance anyway, first and foremost, Sunday at 2 o'clock down in Temple 2. And as I said, the start of the National Football League is only really around the corner now, the 27th of twenty uh, seventh of this month of January down in Temple Stadium against Cardo as Tipperary's first task uh, in Division 4. So uh, hopefully we have a positive result on Sunday, Anthony, and we'll have plenty to talk about anyway in the lead-up to the start of the National Football League. So thanks for joining us on Across the Line.
3: Yeah, no problem, Paul. Thanks
0: anthony shelley they're looking ahead to tip versus limerick in the mcgrath cup football two o'clock throwing time down in temple to on sunday now we're going to switch focus to rugby and the ail returns this weekend in division 2c Clonmel are on the road they're down in wexford playing enniscorthy at half past two on saturday but at the same time in nina it is a massive game in division 2a as the league leaders nina welcome second placed cashel to new ormond park At half past two for the kickoff there. So to talk about that game, I'm joined on the line by Peter Silk of Cashel Rugby Club. Peter, you're very welcome back to the show.
4: Thank you very much indeed, Paul.
0: Peter, we've had about a month's break now off the AIL, so we're truly back in action this weekend for both Nina Ormond and uh, Cashel played each other just before the break. Nina winning that in Spafield by four points, 20 points to 16, but... Cashel have had a few weeks to to sit on that result and I'm sure they're going to be a very motivated team coming up to Nina here on Saturday
4: Well I certainly hope so Paul Um, It shouldn't be that difficult to motivate the team after the game in in Cashel which was really a cracking game when you think back on it Uh, Huge crowd of people, Uh, both clubs brought a massive support Biggest crowd I ever saw in in a a rugby game in Cashel Uh, and a tremendous game, now Nina Were slightly the better team on the day. But having said that, Cashel, I don't think they played too well in the first half. They really upped their game in the second half and could have nicked it at the end. You know, if a line-out, a five-metre line-out had gone the right way, they might have uh, just rumbled over for a try. But it was a tight enough game in the end. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody in Cashel would uh, would deny the fact that, that Nina on the day deserved their win. So I am hoping certainly, anyway, I'm sure the whole club is that uh, the work done over the Christmas period, um, you know, will hopefully uh, prove positive from a casual point of view. Because if we lose on Saturday, then I think Nina are home free um, for, for an automatic promotion spot.
0: Yeah, and just looking at the at the table itself, so Nina Ormond are on the top, nine wins from nine on 40 points. Cashel then are in second, uh, seven wins from nine on 32 points, and they're five points ahead of Barnhall, and then we have, uh, they're six points ahead of UL Bohemian. So that's the top four, but uh, in the format this year, there's, a, there's um, automatic promotion, is there?
4: There is. There's automatic promotion for the top team. Uh, and then the other three, the next three teams, number two, three, and four, go into a playoff with the second from bottom in the division above. Okay. So you'd have, you'd have two semifinals and a final. And whoever wins the final, if it's the team from Division 1B, they'll stay there. And if it's from 2A, then they go up. So, you know, there, there's potentially two places there for Division 2A teams. Um, but Nina, obviously, are um, odds-on at the moment anyway, in my view. To, to get the automatic promotion spot. You know, they're eight points ahead of us and I think Saturday's match is going to be vital um, if we are to narrow that gap some bit and hope then along the way that one of the other teams, um, Barnhall or Navin or Llebo or whoever it is, might uh, just take a win from Nina. But, you know, based on their pre-Christmas form, you know, that will be difficult to say the
0: least. Yeah, and that that makes um, Saturday such a big game. Then with with uh, eight eight points between the teams at the side, but I suppose Cashel are coming up here knowing that they can get a result in 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 New Ormond Park. Um, because last year I was at the game on a, on a Friday night, and Cashel put in a unbelievable performance against Nina that day to get the victory there. So Cashel know that it's uh they they have it in them that they they can get results as they don't as they've done for many years up in Nina.
4: Absolutely, yeah, they should have no fear going up there. As I said last year, as you said yourself, the, the game, uh, Cashel got a winning bonus point that night. Um, they they really got the run on Nina, you know, in the second half, and sometimes a game can go away from you. Um, could have won here in Cashel then in the return match, uh, I think really should have. They were winning, I think to was 17-7 uh, or 17-10, with maybe 10 or 12 minutes to go. Give away two tries and Nina took away the points and that loss I think had a huge impact on the Cashel um, campaign if you like because we missed out on a promotion playoff position by just two points but uh, you know there's never much between the teams um, you know they're two good teams uh, two good back lines but I think two powerful packs um, you know and I think the battle is going to be up front on Saturday Nina has a very very big pack but Cashel have a very mobile pack, and uh, you know I think whoever gets um, gets on top in that area, you know have a very good chance. But I think Nina had a very very good out and you know he was the difference between the two teams the last day. And if Cashel can kind of uh, reduce the amount of possession he's getting, then you know they have a chance. But that will be that's difficult because he is a very good player.
0: Yeah, that's Ben Pope. I think you're referring to there. Is that's it? right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so the game is on at half past two on Saturday. Just before we let you go, Peter uh, Munster, of course, back in action uh, quarter past three on Saturday away in France playing Toulon in the Champions Cup. Uh, Munster two defeats from their or well a draw and a defeat in their opening two games. Um, it's uh, it's a difficult time for Munster because of injuries and things like that. But oftentimes Munster can come to life in Europe. So that's what we're all going to be hoping for this Saturday.
4: Absolutely. Um, you know, they've had a horrendous time with uh, with injuries. Uh, you know, you could put together a very, very good team from the players that are injured. And, um, you know, I think they might have one or two back at, the, at this weekend, Peter Mane, hopefully. And, um, you know, but they are in a difficult position at the moment. Uh, they need to uh, get one of those uh, qualifying positions. But I think if they're to get that position, they need to win at the weekend. Um, it's not going to be easy. But as you said... You know, they have pulled it out of the fire many times before. There's a great spirit in the squad. And they just have been very, very unlucky with the injuries. Um, you know, there hasn't been a day they went out that they, they didn't lose somebody. Mm. And, um, you know, then you're relying on less experienced players. I know it's given them an opportunity to um, show their wares. But, you know, when you get into Europe, you have to have your best, your best players available. So hopefully they can pull it out of the bag. It would be tremendous if they did. And, um, you know, if they could get a lot of those players back on the pitch, then, you know, they're a very capable team.
0: Yeah, and one of the players they're missing, of course, is former uh, Cashel uh, player and uh, Tipperary native, uh, Dermot Barron, who had surgery during the week. So we wish him uh, all the best of luck in his recovery. And uh, best of luck to yourselves and to Nina and to Clonmel, who are playing on Saturday in the AIL. It's great to have it back. And uh, Peter, I'm sure we'll be catching up a lot of, uh, a number of times over the next couple of months. So uh, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. You're welcome. Thank you, Paul. Peter Silk there from Cashel Rugby Club, looking ahead to that massive game in New Ormond Park here in Nina Tomorrow at a half past two, Nina Ormond versus Cashel. Just before we take our second ad break, some, a lot of soccer happening over the weekend up in the north of the county in the NTNDL Premier Division. At 11 o'clock, there's four games on Sunday. There's Palimaki at home to BT Harps. Rare Cross are at home to Arrow Rovers. Barway Rovers are away to Cloda Rangers. And Ard Crony host Killavilla then down the south of the county in the TSNDL uh, Premier Division on Sunday we have a slate of four games as well at half past two St. Michael's host Two Mile Burris, Peak Villa host Care Park at the same time and uh, Clonmel Town welcome Wilderness Rovers and Clonmel Celtic are way to Tipperary Town. All of those games uh, get underway at half past two on Sunday. So plenty to look forward to there in terms of soccer and rugby in the Premier County over the weekend and there's also a massive camogie game happening on Saturday at 1 o'clock in Littleton it's basically the hearty cup of Camogie and it is uh, Ursuline Thurless against Presentation Thurless so we're going to look ahead to that game and we're going to speak to Keen Tracy and we're also going to speak about the weekend's greyhound racing after this final ad break and you're very welcome back to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, the 12th of January, 2024. Now it is time for this week's edition of the Sporting Edge. You would have heard the first uh, edition of this new feature last week when we spoke to Orlo Dwyer. This week we're going to switch our focus to camogie, particularly schools camogie, and the impact of sports in general uh, in uh, girls' secondary schools in particular. And uh, what better week to do that uh, ahead of this Saturday's massive Munster Senior A Schools Camogie Final involving two Tipperary teams. Ursuline Thurlis taking on presentation Thurlis on Saturday at 1 o'clock in Littleton. It's going to be a great occasion and just to speak about that game and about the broader, broader topic of uh, women's sport, particularly in schools and the impact it has in schools, uh, I'm going to be joined on this week's edition of The Sporting Edge by Keane Tracy, who's someone you're very familiar with on this show, uh, of on this station I should say in, in terms of his co-commentary with us uh, throughout the year. And uh, he's a teacher in the presentation in Thurla. So, no better man for the topic. So, let's hear this week's edition of The Sporting Edge.
4: The Sporting Edge on Tip FM, funded by Commission and Naman with the television license fee. Tip FM.
0: So, joining me now is a voice you're probably familiar with from our uh, live commentaries throughout the summer. It's uh, Keen Tracy. Keen, you're very welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Keen. We have you on now as a a, maybe a different aspect than usual. You're a teacher in the presentation uh, in Thurlis, and uh, it's a successful week for the school into a Munster Senior A Camogie final, uh, and it's going to be playing nearby rivals, or neighbours anyway, Ursuline Thurless, uh, this Saturday in what's going to be a great occasion for for Tipperary Camogie, no doubt, the Munster Senior A school's Camogie final. But uh, we'll just harp back to to last weekend in the semi-final. uh, You were victorious over Klaashevra Ennis after extra time. Just talk to us about that game and uh, I suppose maybe the excitement in the school heading into this weekend's final.
5: Yeah, it really was. It was an incredible game, Paul. We found ourselves five points down at the start of the second half. We conceded a relatively soft goal, and it really looked like we were sailing against the wind, but there was huge resilience and fight and character and guts in this team, and they battled their way back point by point to level it at, at the end of normal time, and we went into extra time. We kind of had the wind in our sails at that stage, and we thought we were going to kick on. We got the first point, and we were very unfortunate to receive a, a red card at that stage. Our centre-back, Ivor was sent off, and... We felt very harshly, and uh, it, it we're in the process of appealing it at the moment. So, uh, so that's a, a major part of our preparations for the final. But the grit and heart and guts shown by our players, and it was really incredible to see her sister captain the team, Kate. Her cousin Rachel was on our club mates, her friends. Like they really dug in and they said like they were they refused to yield or bend the knee at that stage, and uh, it was fighting against the dying of the light. Grace Lannigan got a brilliant goal from Cashel along the ground and, and really that lifted us into a monster final, our first monster final since 2018 so everyone in the school is delighted and this is probably an unexpected journey for us, uh, I mentioned you off air we were in the under 16 and a half B All-Ireland final two years ago and the Earthline won the under 16 and a half A against Loretto Kilkenny. so it probably wasn't expected but I have great faith in this group and uh, we're absolutely thrilled and delighted to be there.
0: Yeah, it's a br- brilliant occasion and a brilliant kind of uh, progression for this team coming from, as you said, the under-16B uh, uh, All-Ireland uh, win two years ago. And now um, I'd imagine most of the same crop of girls are on this team in the Munster Senior uh, A Mon- uh, final now this weekend. So obviously a lot of development and um, you know, has gone into this team.
5: Yeah, I, I was just thinking of it earlier. We're, we're really, really lucky, Paul, and we have blessed to have really good clubs. My Kerry burst and Holy Cross, Ballycal, who we have a huge amount of players from, contested the under 80, the minor A county final in Tipperary this year. We've brilliant feeder clubs there, Kenoti, Cashel, King Cormac, St Anne's and Kilkenny. So we're really lucky, and it's down to the work and the hard work of people in those clubs to send them into us, and, and we just try and gel them together as a team. So we have no magic wand in here. I'm lucky to have great coaches in the school, Claude Devan, who who would be known to listeners, brilliant Camogie player. So. A huge role model and really lucky to have another voice uh, known to tip fm barry ryan who does a huge amount of work for the soccer and, and football teams in our school so look it's good coaching it's great clubs and great families so we're under no illusions there's no magic wand here but we're, we're really lucky to have uh, the merge the to, to merge together of all those three uh, things and and that's probably what creates good players and good people
0: Yeah, no, it's a a really good sign for the school, I suppose. And it's a school that kind of competes on on a number of fronts. So we're going to try and get to that in just a bit. But for Saturday now, this Ursuline Thurless team, as you said, they... Um, ha, have won that under 16A a couple of years ago with, with this kind of same age group. Also plenty of experience in the Munster C- uh, Senior A in the last couple of years as well. So uh, they're cross town uh, neighbours, but it's going to be a, a very good occasion for Tipperary Camogie. But um, there's going to be a high standard of Camogie here on show in Littleton on Saturday.
5: Oh, absolutely, hey, Paul. And we're under no illusions of the task that we face. And the incredible Ursuline team, like names rolling off the tongue, Names synonymous with tipperary Camogie, Crevas Station, an outstanding player from tipperary Sarsfield, sister of Conor and Dara Stake, and t- senior panellists, Lucy Purcell, Sarah Corcoran, Aoife Burke, there's, there's so many names there who are just top, top players. But you mentioned tipperary Camogie, and uh, I've seen an awful lot of traction online for a great occasion for tipperary Camogie. But for me, like for Tirless, for, for a town like Tirless, they have two teams. In a Munster, for listeners who mightn't be aware, the equivalent of the Munster-Hearty Cup for for boys, this is. And to have two thorough teams, I think, is phenomenal for the town and the surrounding regions. And I'm not too sure if any other town would be able to to both two teams of the level to compete in, in a Munster A final.
0: Yeah, it is something that definitely particularly special and uh, all eyes will be on Littleton. One o'clock on Saturday is the throw-in time. Ursuline Thorless presentation. Thorless, uh, the Munster Senior A Camogie final. Um, it's, on, In the presentation, it's it doesn't seem to be just Camogie. Like you, you've you mentioned Barry Ryan there and soccer and uh, the, the soccer teams and ladies football teams have been particularly uh, success, successful in the last couple of years as well. What is it about the school and sport? It's obviously a very important thing inside in the school.
5: Yeah, it's massive for us, and it, it really is the centre of everything we do, and there's such a link between education and sport and the part of the values. And, and we really try, and this isn't trying to be in, in any way kind of making out that, that we're heroes or anything. We're not, but we do try and instill values in these players. We feel the values of resilience, of hard work, of absolute togetherness, and we, we try to promote that. And we really do try... And, pro- uh, and promote this for their lives, that they are better people outside of it. And I know at times that might sound corny, but it's not. It, we, we try and prepare girls who are going to be good people in whatever jobs they do and whatever they go on to do and whatever teams they represent and have the right value. And you just mentioned the three sports. And we feel that we're really lucky that we're possibly one of the only schools in the country to compete in what we feel are the big three sports in girls' code in the A championship. Next Tuesday week, we're playing Mercy off from Kerry in the Munster Senior A football quarterfinal. Next Friday week, we're playing the earthline Thurless again in the Munster Senior A soccer semifinal. So, the majority of these players are playing across all three codes, and it, it's just brilliant, and it's a great buzz, and we've had great success over the last number of years. But away from success and winning, it's about, as we said, building values, building relationships, and, and making special memories together. And that's the beauty of Sport Paul, that we, we get a chance, and, and girls get a chance uh, uh, to make memories, to go on a journey that they'll remember forever and that's what we're trying to do and we're trying to make them enjoy it at the end of it but I suppose God, the only enjoyment in sport really is winning.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's it's brilliant that um, I suppose the opportunity is there for for girls as well because just looking on on the website and from from down through the years, uh, hearing uh, stuff coming out of the school in terms of there's basketball, hockey as well in the school and plenty of other sports. But from yourself as a teacher in the school and you're looking at maybe um, young students coming in in first year and then then leaving it in sixth year, John, you know, what kind of benefits uh, would you see from you know participation in sport nearly because? There's a lot of um, studies done in recent times about the drop off in in kind of girls playing sports from kind of the ages of thirteen to seventeen. So that would be kind of typically secondary school ages. So, you know, what what do you see in terms of that? Is there a lot of drop off, or is that something that's maybe improving, or um, can you see the benefits of sticking with sport? I
5: think there's huge benefits in sticking with sport. Just take our senior Camogie team on Saturday, for example. There's thirty four girls involved. There's another forty five or so involved, but they're under sixteen and half team. So we cater for a huge amount. But the important thing in our school, and I, I have to mention at this stage, our principal, Trisha Callan's unwavering support of us and of sport in the school is massive. And without that and the teacher support and the parents, we'd have nothing. But just back to your question on that, there is something for in sport in our school. So for those who want to really strive at excellence, you know, we have teams who are competing today. We also have teams, we have a really strong badminton team. We have a really strong athletics team. Uh, we have... Other casual sports, uh, you know, like some of the, the basketball teams are, are just for fun. Other basketball teams are, are more competitive with hockey. So we, we feel we care for everyone who wants to play a sport and we try and give them an outlet that they can express themselves. And the dropout question, it's huge and it, it, it may be more common in girls, but it's just trying to encourage them to find something. Uh, we have a huge amount of gym users in the school at the moment. So whatever they do, just encourage them, like the, obviously the, the – Co- correlation between being healthy in body and healthy in mind and studying and all that thing is, is massive so we really try and promote it and there's loads of campaigns that we run you know uh, uh, fitness weeks and stuff like that so we really try and promote it and try and keep as many people involved in support
0: in our school as we can. Yeah, well, it's great, and it's uh, it's clearly working by the by the sounds of things as well. So, um, wish everyone involved with both schools the very best luck. As I said, it's going to be a great occasion on uh, a Saturday, one o'clock in Littleton. Uersline Thurless versus Presentation Thurless. Uh Keen. Before I let you go, um, it, it, another school in Tharles that had success this week was uh, Tharles CBS, a uh, year old school, uh, back into a, another hearty cup semi final after a win over. Um, after a win over St Flannan's of Ennis in the Hearty Cup quarter final last weekend, or or last Wednesday, I should say, um, it's it's a great journey for this team into a, another semi final. But they'll be desperate probably to get back and maybe um, improve on, of course, losing that final last year. But just so if we focus on the game gone by, uh, it's a, a good win over St Flannan's of Ennis and uh, a good sign for the school that that they can keep going year after year at the level.
5: Absolutely, and with only three of last year's teams, so it's a remarkable achievement by Eamon Buckley, Paddy McCormack and the rest of the management team to get them this far. And for those of us old enough to remember hearty cups of years gone by, St. Flannins are always the standard bearer, and we struggled lots of times over the years to beat St. Flannins, so to beat them in the final is no mean achievement, and to see Tony Kelly and James O'Connor on the line for St. Flannins, they're a fair outfit, and with a number of minor under-17 All-Ireland winners with clear, but... That Torres team is really, really strong and some absolutely brilliant performances. The likes of Robbie Ryan, Cormac Fitzpatrick, Ewan Murray in the middle of the field, Cora Dwyer, centre-back. So that's a really, really strong team and they'll be delighted uh, to make it through to a Hearty Cup semi-final again. And maybe that hunger of last year and that hurt from last year uh, withstands him. And, you know, it's always a a really good sauce and a really good motivation for a team when when they lose a tight final. And that was a really tough final to lose. And, you know, a huge crowd out You commentated as I remember meeting you up there. It was a fantastic occasion. And just before I go up I'd just like to say, uh, uh, some people may have read the Cork Examiner today. And just on that note, of the huge crowd at that Harty Cup final Temple Stadium. There's a great piece by Tony Lean called Fall and Sharks. And he said, 60% of people in this country have never seen a live girls sports game. So I'd encourage people, you know, you, you mentioned that the match on in Littleton at 1pm. It's a great opportunity for people this weekend to get out and support the girls as much as they support the Harty Cup.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and that's that's uh, it's it's I suppose women's sport is growing so much uh, in in recent times, and you kind of hear people, um, let, for example, last summer with the the women's World Cup and kind of the the fallout of that, and would there be kind of a. Uh, an improvement on things following that. Have you seen that? Is there was there kind of a, any kind of considerable bump in interest or anything like that? Even at, at soccer in in the girls' schools following kind of that, or are you seeing growth in terms of uh, girls' participation even in sport?
5: Yeah, massively. And we would have always been originally a basketball to a lesser extent a hockey school. And in the last maybe fifteen years, the GA has seen a huge growth across the country in terms of girls' schools in Camogie and Ladies Football. But in the last five, six, seven years, the growth of soccer has eclipsed anything in terms of girls' sports in schools. It's become absolutely massive. We had a first-year game today with about 30 girls togged out. And I think just seeing that Beira powers Pau- Pau- Irish team in the World Cup, I think it's really, really gathering momentum. And you see the standard of, of the League of Ireland ladies. It's, it's just so, so high. We're lucky to have a number of players in the last few years, like Avian Clancy. Trace Lanigan who's playing come against earlier who have Irish caps here, So I think soccer's a massively growing sport and it's thanks to the exposure it's
0: getting. Yeah, no, it's brilliant, and it seems that everything seems to be heading in, in the right direction. So so long may that continue. But Keen Tracy, very best of luck to yourselves and to, to Ursuline on Saturday. And uh, thanks for having a chat with us here soon. Thanks brilliant.
5: the sporting edge on Tip FM,
4: funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee.
0: Yeah, it was great to talk to Keen Tracy there earlier. Just looking ahead to tomorrow's massive game a presentation, Thurles taking on Ursuline Thurles in the Munster Senior Schools Camogie Final. One o'clock throw-in time in Littleton on Saturday afternoon promises to be a great occasion for a Tipperary Camogie. Um, but now, as always on a Friday evening, it's time to talk dogs with Barry Drake.
5: Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland, because this runs deep.
2: There's plenty of good greyhound racing down for decision over the course of the weekend. And um, obviously the weather has interrupted racing over the course of the last week or so. Uh, So hopefully things will improve weather-wise over the course of the next uh, couple of days. And we'll be able to uh, get back into uh, greyhound racing. So if you are heading along to one of your local tracks, just uh, check it out there on social media. Or give the track a ring to make sure um, that they are running Tonight at the Clonmel Greyhound Stadium, the Royal Kennels Open on Race Stake is down for decision. This is um, always a fabulous event with 8,000 jurors to the winner. And there's some potential superstars, uh, going to be in action in this competition. The opening heat, uh, Serene Highway is owned by Eddie Ryan in Clarahan. It's trained by, T- in Tipperary Town by Michael O'Donovan. This one has massive qualifying trial form. Um, it has posted 2853 in a trial around Shelburne Park and it looks, uh, like a, a really, really exciting young talent. It's just a March puppy, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing that in racing action in Clonmel, hopefully, over the course of the next couple of weeks. It won't be straightforward because trainer Graham Holland is represented with two runners in the lineup, but I think Serene Highway is a great going places and certainly worth watching out for there in the coming weeks. Elsewhere on the card, as I said, it's going to be a fabulous competition, always is and um, always attracts big crowds to um, Clonmel Greyhound Stadium. Stone Park King is a greyhound to watch out for in heat number 3 this one is owned by uh, Master Sean O'Dwyer in Balaniti trained once again by Michael O'Donovan who looks to have a strong hand in the competition. This uh, June puppy posted 28-75 in qualifying around Limerick and I can't wait to see him in action certainly is a greyhound I'll be watching uh, in the coming weeks and coming months. Robert Gleeson has made. Making the trip to Clanmail, he's always a trainer uh, worth keeping a close eye out for. In heat number four, he has Carrick Kino, who clocked twenty-eight forty-one in a trial around Shelburne Park. The June puppy has the uh, potential to go right to the top of the greyhound game, and I think he can make a winning debut in that heat. Elsewhere as I said from top to tail it's going to be an unbelievable card. There'll be so many talking points no doubt. Graham Holland of course the local champion trainer has uh, a wonderful team of greyhounds to watch out for as well. Liam Dowling is making the trip up from Ballymagelligot in his Ballymack kennels in County Kerry of course one of the uh, leading uh, owner trainers in the uh, world of greyhound racing. So he's another man uh, to keep an eye out for Mert Lahey uh, will be making the trip as well he's got a good record around Mail. he'll be looking for the, the big prize no doubt Um, so very much looking forward to, to that and uh, it should be a great event so we've uh, pinpointed a couple to keep an eye on hopefully it'll get the all clear to go ahead tonight uh, but whenever this, this competition does start as I said there's going to be so many big talking points. Turles are set to race on Saturday night at 735 good competitive racing action, down for decision in Turles, we're going to look ahead to the uh, 10th race at the Turles Greyhound Stadium and uh, it looks at an open enough um, event, but I thought um, trap number 6 was an improving sort, Cashel Misty, that might run well there for Ann Taylor that one will certainly uh, be finishing with a flourish, it has been climbing the grades in recent outings, Cabra Bunny is another one with a chance uh, for the local kennel of Paddy Scally. so good competitive racing action, doubtful decision in Turles there Um, on Saturday night back to Clonmel on Sunday night hopefully they'll be making their debut on the SIS uh, racing schedule that racing of course will be live on Race and Post Greyhound TV. It's set to get underway there at six twenty-nine, and uh, some good action. Uh, to look forward to there um, in Clan Mail there on um uh, Sunday night Manila Rachel is one to keep an eye on uh, in race number 7 I think that is a ground that will be certainly winning uh, again soon Um, mark that down as a certain future uh, winner last time and I saw it smile that smile uh, would win race number 8 there that looks to have good early pace and that can make all the running there for Emer and Michael Heaney so that's Clan Mail on Sunday night just switching our attention finally to Shelburne Perkins Saturday night some good racing action to look forward to Rackdown Molly is back in racing action that one trained by Des and Maury Gilbert that won the Shelburne Christmas Oaks uh, final at the back end of last year of course uh, only uh, over a week ago or so 28.43 winner on that occasion it's owned by Bill Mulholland in Bangor and um, that one will certainly prove hard to beat. there of course and uh, we'll be looking forward to more top class racing in Shelburne Park over the coming weeks but uh, as I said, uh, tonight's meeting at Clan is very much the focus. It's the opening round of what is always a special event there at the Clan Greyhound Stadium. As I said, can't wait for it to get underway and uh, look forward to covering it over the course of the next couple of weeks.
0: And many thanks there to Barry Drake for his comprehensive, as always, rundown of all things Greyhound Racing happening in the Premier County this weekend and further afield as well. So that's pretty much all we've got time for for this week's edition on the show. I'd like to thank all my guests on this week's edition and you, the listeners, for tuning in. And just a reminder that on Sunday at two o'clock, we'll have live commentary of Tipperary versus Kerry in the Munster Hurling League. Myself and Ken Hogan bringing you the commentary there with thanks to Aurier on Dylan in Nina. If you want to listen back to this show, it will be on the Tip FM SoundCloud in a couple of minutes' time. If you want to listen back to any elements of the show and a reminder that Carol Power is coming up after the 7 o'clock news. So Aya, you'll hear from me again on Sunday for that live commentary of Tip versus Kerry. Until then, have a good weekend and bye for now.